If you have your Bibles with you this morning, open to the book of Luke, and we're going to go to chapter 6 and verse 36. Luke 6, verse 36, and I've been preaching this series called Blessings and Curses, and I'm going to jump right into it this morning. And as I said, y'all just give me some time here, okay? God is so good. I'm, just, I'm, I'm excited in Jesus. I'm excited in Jesus and all he's doing. Um, God has been so good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love what Timothy said. He's seen so many people healed because there is healing. That's one thing I want everyone to know. There's, there's wholeness in your future. Amen. There's wholeness in your future. God is so good. Luke chapter 6, verse 36, judge not and you shall not be judged. Before we begin, Bobby and Catherine Hoyle, I want y'all to wave at everybody here this morning. These are dear friends of mine who uh, I've been to the nations with. They lead Linda Hand Ministries. Bobby worked with CBN for a while, pastored for many, many years, and uh, they've just, they're, they're top-notch Top shelf, amazing people. It's, a, it's an honor to have you guys with us this morning. Amen. Let's welcome them. Come on. We went to Guyana together. Did a pastor's conference together. Went back and built a building or two in the jungle. So, how, I, I love it. Bobby says, I'm going to retire from pastoring. Now I'm going to go into mission work. Burke Clendenin, I don't know if y'all know that name, Burke Clendenin is a phenomenal preacher. He said, uh, I kind of got to retirement age, and I decided to go to Russia when it opened up and start planning Bible colleges. And he said, my, my wife's family thought I was crazy, but said they didn't think any of the other guys in the family who retired were crazy. <laughs> but I'm the crazy one because I'm taking my retirement and doing it as, as mission work. Well... And he planted, I think, a thousand Bible colleges around the world in retirement. Just it should be re like refirement. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna refire." That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna refire. We'll get fired back up. Okay, enough of that. Luke 6, verse 36, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is what we call the law of reciprocity. Give and it shall be given. The Bible is filled with farming analogies. In farming terms, sow and you shall reap. Amen? Give and it shall be given. Sow and you shall reap. Judge not and you won't be judged. So I think this is, this is what I'm going to call law of the kingdom. It's a kingdom law. And if you look at it, I think there's some analogies here. One is like, it's like a jet propulsion system where a jet engine, you know, blows stuff this way and the jet goes this way. There's like an opposite reaction happening. 
It's kind of what happens when we start sowing and when we start giving and when we start doing for others. Whatever we put in starts to come back. In the first service, I went into this issue. It's not like karma because we often think this is like karma. I met a, uh, a waiter one day in northern Virginia who was waiting my table, and uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, this guy's a preacher. Just really jokingly, just to get something started. And uh, said, what kind of preacher are you? And I, I, I said, well, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. And that usually gets a certain reaction. But anyhow, the, uh, the waiter said, well, I'm familiar with Catholicism and, um, how did they say it? I'm familiar with Catholicism and Protestantism, but I'm not familiar with Pentecostalism. And I gave a little explanation, and the guy, guy kind of said, you know, well, I kind of believe, but I believe in karma, too. And I thought, you don't know what you're talking about. Because karma is an Eastern Hindu concept that it's about how to deal with the next, in, in reincarnation worldview, in the next lives. So what we what we store up with bad deeds or whatever will come back in a, in a future life and you'll kind of have to burn those off. Well, in Christianity, we don't believe that. In Christianity, we believe in this amazing word called grace. And we believe in forgiveness. And all those bad deeds you did, not saying you won't suffer consequences for them in this life, many of them you will, but... God wipes the sin debt away from you. And then he wipes away all of, he, he, he basically expunges the records of heaven. So Satan comes back and starts fishing for those old sins. And I, I, just, I just like to imagine that, that, you know, God is saying, what are you talking about? I've looked back in my records, and in 1985, there's nothing against Hans. I look back in my records back in 74, and there's nothing against Hans. Billy Graham was asked one time, is there anything about God you don't understand? He said, yes. I don't understand how God knows everything, but forgets our sin. I love that. How God knows everything but forgets our sin. So this isn't karma, but it is a law of the kingdom. That what you sow, you shall reap. I think there's several areas in this that we could get into. And I'm just going to touch on three of them. They seem rather disjointed, but let me, let me bring it together because I really want to get to the last one. First of all, it works in work or your profession. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. I believe that the Bible teaches us diligence and work. Work, yes, it teaches us a four-letter word, work. And you should, be, you should work and you should be diligent in your work. And as you are, you'll reap the benefits of it. And if you give yourself, leaders are learners, so if you give yourself to learning and increasing your skill, increasing the connections, increasing your capacity then you will reap more as you go along. You'll reap what you sow. I think a second area that's really important is in sowing love in our actions toward others because the Bible is chock full of verses about love. And when we act in love towards others, I just can't help but know we're going to get that back. 
because you're going to get back what you're giving out. So if you are rude to everyone, don't be surprised if people are rude to you. If you want to be a friend to people, show yourself. You got to show yourself friendly. If you want to, okay, if you want to sow seeds of gossip, before long, no one's going to trust you with anything. You're going to reap the consequences of that big fat mouth. But if you have confidentiality and you treat people with respect, you're going to earn the harvest of trust. Amen? If you know how to pray and sow into others spiritually and build them up, after a while people are going to trust you and come to you when they need help. Amen? But if you have a reputation of tearing people down and being the judge and the Pharisee and criticizing and ripping everybody apart, then no one's going to want to come to you and that you're going to reap the harvest of that thing. I mean, this is just simple stuff. So I think we should sow love. We should love one another. The Bible says in the book of Romans, owe nothing to anyone except the debt of love. Just loving people. Look at Bobby and, and Catherine. Loving people well into retirement years, what the world calls retirement. They're just still loving people. Just still blessing people, sowing, sowing, sowing. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Also, Galatians says, let him who has taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Let them who are taught. So he says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will also of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. So there's a, there's a sowing to the Spirit that we need to have in our lives. And what Paul is talking about there is sowing in good action, sowing in righteousness, doing righteous deeds, because the context there is dealing with the, the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the flesh. And so we want to sow to the Spirit so that we reap of the Spirit good things. And he says this in the same passage, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So if you keep sowing and keep moving forward, it's inevitable that you're going to reap. The only thing that can really knock you out of it is if you quit. Do not give up. Do not be weary in well-doing. I like to think of it like, forgive me please, but the old Rocky movies. You know, Rocky, you knew Rocky was going to win if he just didn't give up. Why am I going here? I have to, Lord help me, I'm already out here now. But you know in those old movies, you know, it's like the, the heightened effects. And Rocky's beaten and he's bloodied and there's no way he's going to win. But then all of a sudden, he hears something. He gets some inspiration. And he comes back and, and, this thun and he wins. I feel that's the life of the Christian. As long as you don't give up. As long as you don't check out. 
As long as you're in the fight, God's going to give you a harvest. You're going to win. You're go- We're winners already. Come on. Hallelujah. So why should we quit to begin with? We have nothing to stop for. Yes. Somebody shout amen. amen. So in your work, so, so, so. In, in a- interaction with other people, so love. So love, 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 love when they don't love you back. Love when they don't feel like they're loving you. Love when they're stone-faced. Love when they cut you off in traffic. Love when they take the last bit of chicken at Walmart. Love anyhow. Love anyhow. Hallelujah. Love anyhow. And then finally, sow to the Spirit, sow good deeds, sow good actions, do good things. As you do those, you may not think you're receiving a benefit or a harvest, but there's seeds being planted in the ground. If you think of every action and every word as a seed, it'll change your life. If you think of every action and every word as a seed, it'll change your life. So think about the seeds, think about the, same, th- think about the things you're sowing into yourself. Think about what you're listening to, what you're taking in, what kind of philosophy you're adhering to, what kind of news reports you're listening to, what kind of podcasts you're listening to, what kind of things you're reading, what kind of TikTok reels and things you're watching. Because the devil is sly. I've noticed with reels on Instagram, I don't have TikTok, but like reels on Instagram, there'll be a funny thing and there'll be a Christian thing and there'll be a guitar thing and then there'll come something that's crude. And I'm like, why, why this? Why is this? But, we, you know, God bless our kids, man, and the young folks are really into the online environment. Well, a lot of older people are too. What am I talking about? God bless us all. I feel like Tiny Tim, and God bless us all. But we're just in this environment where <laughs> the online is really, is really a temptation so to, to, be, to, to watch our ear gates, our eye gates, and watch what goes into our spirits. Can somebody shout amen? amen? But the final area I want to deal with, and this really gets into this blessing and cursing. I believe when we sow, we get the blessings. When we sow good, we get the blessings. Is we need to sow in our finances. And I don't talk about this a whole lot at our church, but I really wanted to nail it today. The Bible talks about this a lot. It is, it is, someone did the calculations that Jesus talks more about money than he does heaven or hell. And so it's, it's an interesting principle. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work as it is written. He is dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. So God is telling us in the Bible, and he uses this analogy when talking about finances, he talks about sowing. And we know if we sow sparingly, Paul said... You're going to get a small harvest. But if you sow bountifully, you can expect a large harvest. In Malachi, in the famous tithing passage. In Malachi, it's interesting, the context is God is calling back a rebellious Israel. And he's calling them to repentance. And so when Malachi goes to them and calls them to repentance, he doesn't say, 
Guys, hold a big prayer meeting. Though prayer's good. He doesn't say, guys, do a 24-hour worship set. And worship's good. But what he does is he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not even be room enough to receive. It's interesting when he was calling them back to repentance and from a backslidden state, he asked them to come back and do what they had been commanded to do, which was bring the tithe into the storehouse. Because if you read through the Old Testament, there's various offerings and various systems of giving, but the tithe really predates the Levitical priesthood. Tithing goes back to Abraham. When Abraham conquered those, five, those, those conglomerate of five kings, he comes with the spoils of war, and then he comes and he meets this mysterious guy called Melchizedek, who is the king of Salem. And when he comes to him, he honors him and he gives him a tithe of all. And that term tithe means a tenth. And then Jesus reiterated this in his teaching in the book of Matthew. And then we see it here in Malachi. I believe it's just a biblical principle. And the principle is you give, God blesses. You sow, God gives a harvest. And the principle is, let's talk about first fruits. When you give first... God blesses the rest. So the Bible concept is that God owns it all, God gives it all, and we are stewards or managers of what He gives. So if we have the concept that we are owners of everything and it's by our own ingenuity and creativity and brilliance and fame that we've accomplished everything in life, then we're really living a prideful, godless existence. If we think, well, everything's mine. I worked hard for that money. Why does the church need money? Blah, blah, blah. And I've heard all these kind of arguments. But think of it like this. Actually, you have a brain because God gave you one. You have hands to work because God gave you the ability to work. That's a faith perspective. You have ideas because God gave you the creativity to have ideas. You have a job because God opened up a door somewhere and gave you a job. That's the way I believe it. And then, then 100% of what you get really ultimately has come from His hand. About 10 of you with me thus far. Hallelujah. I'm going to reel in the rest. Everything we have comes from God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if He's given us everything, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your Heart be also. So God knows that He's got to control some things about our lives and get us set free in some areas. Number one is the tongue. If He can control your tongue and you get your tongue liberty for the Holy Ghost to get a hold of your tongue, then God's got you. Another area is your pocketbook. If God can get control of the pocketbook, He has your heart. Hallelujah. So He's just saying, all I ask of you is to bring a portion in faith to show me your faith in me and then watch me bless and sanctify the rest. Pat Robertson told a story of a man who was uh, in the, uh, who worked in the 1930s in New York City in the soup kitchens. So when people came in for the Great Depression, to get soup, this man was working in the soup lines. And he said that he made it his habit to ask people who came through that line, have you ever tithed or were you a faithful tither? And he said he did, never met one person 
in the soup lines who said they were a faithful tither. Leaving this man to conclude he never saw a faithful tither broke. Maybe you know other examples. I don't know. I'm just telling this story. There's another story of a Chilean missionary who was in this impoverished community in Chile. And this, this minister was preaching. He built up a great church. He was preaching, teaching them faith and Bible and healing and power of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the full gospel stuff. But they were still impoverished and just struggling. And he went to prayer and he said, God, what is, what is wrong? How can I help these people? And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, you've been disobedient in that you haven't taught them my Bible principle of tithing and giving. And he said, Lord, I can't teach these people to tithe. They have nothing. He said, no, it's a Bible principle. Teach it. So he went and he taught these people tithing. And so they came back with chickens and produce and whatever they had. And God started blessing them. Then the missionary said a, a, a great famine came into that area of the country. And all the farmers, uh, their crops failed. But those farmers who had been tithing in that church still had produce that blew the minds of everyone around them because God had blessed their crops. I don't know if you've seen the old Awakenings videos from the early 2000s or the, or the 1990s where communities like this around the world began to pray and God began to bless their crops above everybody else. I just believe that kind of stuff, amen? I believe if you've been faithful, now you've got you to have a brain to take care of your money. You can't just be a tither and then live recklessly and sow reckless seeds while you're giving. These things have to work in tandem, but if you use your brain and, and sow good seeds as you're tithing and as you're giving to the Lord, I'm telling you what, God's going to bless you because something gets in motion. Reciprocity starts working. And he says in Malachi, he would rebuke the devourer. I don't, take, I don't know how many times I've prayed that back to the Lord. Lord, I've been a tither for many years. Now, Father, I'm having some challenges right now. I pray you rebuke the devourer for my sake. The devourer has no authority in my life. I claim the rights of a tither over me and my family. And then, Lord, you promised me in Scripture that you said you would open up the windows of heaven. And you would pour me out a blessing that I don't have room to receive. Lord, I call on the rights of a tither right now. And I call in that blessing. I need some blessing right now in my life. Hallelujah. Bring it on, Lord Jesus. Why not? Why not be bold enough and just daring enough to believe what the Bible says and start praying in what the Bible says we can have. And then above the tithe, we can sow offerings. I believe we should give the world missions and I believe we should support evangelists and many of y'all support children overseas and some of you give to the poor and we give to local organizations here in the area that help the needy out. Hallelujah, amen, more, Lord, more, Lord, more. I had a friend years ago named Howard Foltz. He, just, he passed away last year in Colorado Springs, but he was at one point uh, working out of Regent University with a group called Accelerating International Mission Strategies. And Howard was a friend of mine and a mentor to me. And so he, uh, he told of a story where he took his group into Ethiopia. And at the time, and maybe it's still today, Ethiopia was the poorest country on the planet. And they went in there and they taught missions, and what they taught the Ethiopians was, was raise your own support 
Don't depend on America. Raise your own support. Identify your own missionaries. And send your own missionaries to your own unreached people. And you know what happened? They did it. They raised their own support, identified their own missionaries, and they said it was amazing. They stood up in the meeting and said, we're going to win all of Ethiopia to Christ, and after that, we're going to Africa. The Ethiopians see themselves different than Africans for some reason. We're going to win all of Africa after we win Ethiopia on our own dollars. Hallelujah, or whatever their currency is. Why do I tell that? Because if it happened in the poorest country in the world and they had all they needed to support their own mission work, then I believe it can happen in Pasquotank County, in Perquimans County, Gates and Currituck and Camden and Showan. It can happen. God can bless. and You know what? Some Some of us have had such a poverty mentality that you've spoken down about Elizabeth City and about the poverty in this area so much, you need to repent of it and get it out of your vocabulary. Just repent of it. Start speaking blessings over Elizabeth City, over Camden County, over Chowan, Currita. You're the blesser. You're the one who has the power to bless. Remember that? We dealt with it a couple weeks ago. You have the power to bless. You're a tither. You're a giver. Hallelujah, we've reached the continents and nations from this church right here. I've preached all over the world since 2020 from my office. We're supporting missionaries all over the globe. Come on, hallelujah, right from Elizabeth City. Stop speaking down about it. Lord, forgive me in Jesus' name for when I've spoken negative words like that. I believe God's blessing Elizabeth City and only better, 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 better is in our future. God has blessed Fountain of Life, but I am here to declare it in the name of Jesus as the pastor, the bishop, the whatever you want to call me. I declare Fountain of Life's best days are yet to come. They're in front of us. Days of glory and blessing and revival and prosperity are in front of us. Days of healing and miracles and signs and wonders and family members and hard-headed friends and people you never thought could come through these doors. Those days are in front of this church. Do you believe it? Shout hallelujah. For almost 40 years, I've been in revivals. I got saved in a revival church, started traveling with an evangelist, became best friends with evangelists, was mentored by a missionary evangelist, and now I've pretty much pastored as an evangelist for 26 years. And here's what I know. I've been sowing seeds of revival for almost 40 years. And I know one thing, I've seen a lot yet, but I haven't seen nothing compared to what I'm going to see in my lifetime. Had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have given up hope, David said. I believe, Brother Bobby, we're going to see it in our time. Hallelujah. America shall be saved. North Carolina shall be saved. Virginia shall be saved. Hey, glory to God. We're going to see it. Hallelujah. We've been sowing the seeds. Some of y'all been on your knees praying and sowing seeds of faith to heaven and God hasn't forgotten your prayers but they stand as a memorial before the Lord and he said you prayed it I heard it and it's in process right now and I'll shake heaven and earth and I will move heaven and earth to supply your need and to answer your prayers come on somebody come on give him a shout hallelujah we've been sowing 
healing seeds for at least 10 years. Denise Gunther and the gang have been praying for the sick for 10 years, faithfully every Tuesday night. And the church has prayed for healing for 100 years. I understand that. But we, we, we dialed in the focus 10 years ago with Sally Tadlock. And we said, we're going to pray for the sick. And I don't know, we've seen some sick healed, but I'm believing that we've just been priming the pump. We've been priming the pump, and I believe in an explosion of healing miracles coming to the house. Some of y'all have been sowing and giving faithfully, and you haven't seen your harvest completely come, but you've been priming the pump. You've been priming the pump. And see, here's the cool thing about a tither and a giver is that when God starts blessing you, it's not according to the world system. So you can say, well, on the stock market, we can get back a certain percentage return. God says, forget about that stuff. I can give you my exponential return. God does stuff like have people come and send you checks in the mail of of money you never knew was coming to you. God does stuff like pay off bills that you never knew were going to get paid off. God does stuff like give you deals you never thought you could get a deal like that. I don't know, I'm going to tell this, Dana, but me and Dana were shopping for furniture. And she found this funkadelic chair she loved. And I said, I love the chair. Let's believe we can get it for $250. A lady walks through and says, they said they'd give it to you for $250. I didn't want to brag, but I felt like that was all God. Come on, come on, somebody. Why not? God can give us stuff. He can pull stuff out of the back room, back woods, out of the woodwork to bless us. Had a gentleman, I was preaching this stuff in the early service, and I had a gentleman come to Pastor's Coffee, and he said, Pastor, I started attending this church back a while back, and I wasn't a tither. And he said, you preached on tithing. And I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> he said, and you said, just try God. And he said, well, Lord, I'm going to try you for 30 days. I'm going to give you 30 days. <laughs> so he started tithing for 30 days, and he said, Brother Hans, I'm going to tell you something. There's some people came and paid for all the windows in my house to be put in. And then all that, all of a sudden, I started getting money from other places I didn't realize. And I know what this man does. He's a janitor. And he said, God started blessing me from this way and that way, and he's still tithing today. This doesn't just work for millionaires, you know. It works for everybody, right? Okay, let me give you, as I close this down, let me give you five things about sowing and reaping and the law of reciprocity. First of all, you harvest the kind of seed you sow. You can't sow tomato seed and go out there and look for cucumbers. If you sow tomato seed, you probably are going to get tomatoes. I gardened and Lord help me, Jesus. If you sow tomato seed... You're going to get tomatoes. If you sow cucumber seed, you're getting cucumbers. You can't sow gossip and expect everybody to love you. You can't come and speak bad about Fountain of Life and have Pastor Hans for lunch 
and expect God to bless you. Well, you're sowing, the kind of seed you're sowing is the kind of harvest you're going to reap. Second thing about sowing is that you always reap more than you sow. You sow one cucumber seed, God gets in that process at night, and that cucumber seed germinates, it pops out, it comes through the ground, and then it grows a vine that has numerous cucumbers on it, and within each cucumber are all kinds of seeds. All of that came from one, I'm about ready to shout and run around this parking lot right now. That comes from one, oh hallelujah, hallelujah somebody. Y'all been sowing seed, you might as well start believing for the harvest to come. See the problem is we often walk in such little faith that we don't believe in the harvest coming, but we prepare for no harvest. But if we've been sowing seed, we better start making provision and room enough for the big harvest that God wants to bring us. Come on, you're going to reap more than you sow. And there's something about sowing is that when you sow, reaping takes time. It takes time. We should not be weary while in well-doing. Should not be weary while in well-doing. You should not be weary while in sowing seed. For in due season, in due season... I had, a, I, had a, I had a guy named Dr. William Ward, great man of God, been to heaven numerous times, had visions of hell, had incredible things, friends with Oral Roberts, believe, you know, his, his nephew and niece were the, the Heflins, Ruth Heflin and Wallace Heflin Jr., and that, that family. Well, Dr. Ward came and preached for me years ago when I was a, a young pastor, pastoring, well, I'm still a young pastor. While I was pastoring in Chesapeake, Virginia, and he came and he stopped and he said, I see I'm in a situation here where your pastor is going to pastor one of the largest churches in this region. And God's going to use him. And he gave this prophetic word. I had it on a cassette tape. Now, for those of you, a cassette tape <laughs> is a tool that we used to record audio for long. You know. Those of us who were cool and lived in the 80s and drove Transams and had mullets. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Anyhow, uh, I had this on a cassette tape, and I would go back and listen to that prophetic word. And I, I knew that God was on the man. I knew the anointing was on it, and I knew he was a great man of faith. And then I went and planted a church. Not in this region, in another region. But I was believing God that that prophetic word was for there. And I never saw it happen. And years would go by... And I, I, I finally found that old tape, and I thought, God, did this guy miss it? You know, you start wondering, because we want it in our time, in our season, in our place, like we want it. But I think God was standing back and said, no, Hans, I have a kairos time. I have an opportune time. I have a time, a due season time. And I believe, I'm in, I believe we've lived that prophetic word here. I believe we have for the past 13 years. But anyhow, y'all just hold on. Don't give up on the prophetic words. You war with the prophetic words. 
You go back and you war with Him, the Bible says. They encourage your faith so you can fight and believe God for what He has spoken of you. So harvest comes in, it takes time. And the quality of the harvest depends upon the quality of the soil. Is your heart right? Is your heart right? You need the soil of your heart right to receive all that God wants to unload on you. Because if you receive great blessing with bad character, you're in for a disaster. You need great character to match the level of blessing coming to you. And finally, you know, harvest shows up gradually. You go pick off one tomato, and you're proud of that thing. You bring it back and put it on the counter so everyone in the family can see that you're bad to the bone as a gardener. <laughs> but then you'll walk out, and there'll be three or four tomatoes. Then the next day you're coming saying, Pastor Hans, could I bring some tomatoes to church to give them away? Because we got so many coming in. It's like this gradual harvest starts happening. And if you raise squash, we don't even want to talk. Because you're going to have more zucchini. Anyhow, it comes in gradually. So don't be discouraged. If you're seeing a little bit, more is on the way. Because you're going to reap according to the principle of the seed. Which is you'll reap exponentially more than you planted. I'm about ready to run down to Wendy's right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to reap. I hope you've been sowing good seed. Come on, look at somebody else and say, you're going to reap. I hope you've been sowing good seed. Come on, let's all stand. What are you going to reap this year? What have you been sowing last year? What are you going to reap in 2023? What, what have you been sowing in 2022? Have you been praying? Have you been in the Word? Have you been, have you been sowing heavenward? Have you been speaking good words? Have you been declaring the Word of God? Have you been helping people? I just believe God's going to bless you. God's going to open doors. His blessings sometimes are completely intangible. Other times they're very tangible. But we just receive them all, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we give you praise right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for your word. Thank you for the law of reciprocity, the law of sowing and reaping. And God, I just pray you encourage people in this house this morning. Some have been sowing so faithfully. They've been sowing so faithfully. And they've been putting in the seed. And God, I pray that what we preach this morning comes back to them. And you said, Lord, you gave that analogy. It can come back 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. God, we want great harvest and increase for the seeds we're sowing. Because, God, we want to do righteously. We want to do righteously and help as many people as we can. In Jesus' name. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, 
Give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.